CEOs, CFOs, and executives from top hospitals and health systems are gathering at this exclusive world-class event to address the most pressing issues in healthcare today. Becker's 11th annual CEO and CFO Roundtable is taking place in Chicago this November and will feature more than 400 elite provider speakers and over 1,000 hospital and health system C-suite and VP attendees. And good news, healthcare providers have a chance of receiving complimentary registration as a reviewer. If you're interested, you can apply at the website in the description. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Susan Huang, the Chief Medical Officer at Providence Health Division and Chief Executive Officer at Providence Health Network. Dr. Huang, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Laura. It's an honor and a pleasure to join you. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and really some great and innovative things you're doing at Providence Health Network. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Dr. Susan Huang. I'm a physician leader at Providence, and Providence is a large integrated healthcare system serving the West Coast. Um, currently, as you mentioned at Providence, I serve as the chief medical officer of the Providence South Division. That covers California and includes 17 hospitals, over 10,000 physician medical staff, and a care network that encompasses the full continuum of care. In my role as the CEO of the Providence Health Network, um, the network is a California health services plan, and it includes a high-performing network of 38 hospitals and over 18,000 primary care physicians and specialists. And prior to these roles, I was the Chief Value Medical Officer of the Palo Alto Foundation Medical Group of Sutter Health and also served on the Board of Directors for Sutter Health Plus Health Plan. I have a background in uh, innovation as well. I've worked in industry and helped develop an AI product at Google. I'm a physician by background. I'm a board-certified dermatologist. I received my medical degree from Harvard Medical School completed my medical internship at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and residency in the Harvard Dermatology Program, where I also served as chief resident. And formally, I was teaching faculty at Harvard Medical School and attending physician at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Wow, that sounds like a lot of amazing experiences and certainly many different uh, prestigious organizations that you've worked with and, and been part of, whether it's Harvard, Brigham and Women's, and obviously now Providence. And, you know, when you spent time working with Google on the AI product, what was that like as well, taking some of your clinical background and getting into the tech space a little bit? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I really saw how it's so important to get all the different perspectives together because everyone comes with a different skill set and perspective. And especially in healthcare, when we think about developing new products or technologies, it's so important to have all the voices represented and especially the clinical voice, which I was lucky to be able to bring forth. Um, but it was just a fantastic experience to be able to bring engineers um, people working in the product space, design space, business development, and the clinical teams together to really build something all together. And it wouldn't have been possible without the contributions of um, any one unit or one division or uh, with all the expertise that, that was involved. Absolutely. That's amazing to hear. Now, given your role at Providence, what is your growth strategy for the next year or two? What are you really focused on? 
Yeah. And, you know, we really think about meaningful growth and it's just not growing for the sake of growing. And for us to grow meaningfully, one of the things we really have to do is to deeply understand the communities that we are in. And doing that assessment of whether we are currently designed in a way that meets the needs of those communities. And we all know that healthcare has really been disrupted by COVID over the past few years. And then there have also been really tremendous macroeconomic pressures on top of that. And it's, it's actually a great time to ask, how should we actually be designed to best meet the needs of our communities? And so that understanding really plays a critical part in our growth strategy. And I would say um, even beyond kind of how are we designed, really what are those channels and are we meeting patients and communities where they are? So as we rethink about how we deliver care, um, it's not going to be growing as we grew maybe five or 10 years ago. It means that we have to explore new care models, new partnerships, and understanding everyone in the healthcare ecosystem and not just ourselves um, and not just provider systems either. And it means um, maybe delivering care through multiple channels and optimizing those channels. Um, there are new ways that people are engaging in care. So we can think of virtual means, telephonic communication, asynchronous communication that leverages technology. We can think of new roles as well, such as through team-based care. And I'm particularly excited with even the very recent significant advances in AI how are we going to see an augmentation of the care that is delivered? How will it enable us to really serve more patients as well? And this is, I, I think there's always a risk to applying technology the wrong way, but I think apply the right way, it can really help us even address a number of the challenges we have, such as even the workforce challenges and the projected increasing shortages that we have in healthcare. Absolutely. I think that's such a great point. And especially when you look at, you know, like you mentioned, redesigning healthcare and really thinking about what patients and communities need. Um, and, and then in particular, looking at the technologies that we have available to us, you know, when you are having conversations with your colleagues on the clinical side um, in, in talking through what the possibilities are for a healthcare organization, um, what are some of those conversations like when you bring up artificial intelligence or other uh, technologies that are, you know, not necessarily um, tested in part of the the healthcare strategy for many years, but still could bring a lot to the table and, and you know, needing to, to jump in and, and uh, think through how some of these things can be really beneficial in the future. What is that like? Are people pretty, um, you know, ready and, and willing to jump in or, or is there a little bit of hesitation sometimes? People are really, really excited. And I think especially with everything that has been going on with ChatGPT and people have been um, testing out and engaging with um, using ChatGPT in their normal daily lives. And they see that there's the potential in healthcare as well. So I'm feeling, I'm sensing from our caregivers and providers and physicians, a sense of excitement in terms of hope and what this can mean and how we can really accelerate how the work is done. When I talk to a lot of our caregivers, providers, and physicians, you know, many of them for years have lamented burdens surrounding administrative work tied to electronic health records or responding to messages or doing prior authorization. And yes, that was actually implementation of technology that 
played a role in leading to that burden. And yet I think we're at this point where actually technology can really help us solve those issues of burden as well. And the key will be how do we do it in a way that has the right guardrails, has the right oversight, and where the right clinical voices are leveraged in the design of those solutions. That, that makes a lot of sense and it's just so interesting to hear. Now, from your perspective, could you tell us a little bit about the most exciting uh, and impactful initiative or, or project that you're working on right now? Um, I, I might, if it's okay, I might highlight two. Um, one was the Providence Health Network, and this ties to the question about growth also. Um, you know, the Providence Health Network encompasses providers and and um, and facilities that are nonprofits as well. So we're really thinking about how do we bring healthcare together to empower communities through health, healing, and hope. And that means in many cases not leveraging just Providence assets, but really thinking much more broadly so we can expand the impact. Um, not just in service areas that we're in now, but really thinking much more broadly beyond the current service areas that we are in. Um, the other thing that I'll, I'll talk about is our care navigation center. And we're building and really expanding on what it, it has been in the past, which was a transfer center bringing people in and out of our hospitals. And um, we're taking a much more broad approach to think through how do we get patients to the right care at the right place at the right time, beyond whether whatever uh, four walls we have or silos um, or divisions um, are there. We're, we're thinking through how, what are the points where patients access care and how can we streamline the process of getting them to the right place and the right site very efficiently. And we spend a lot of time thinking and studying patient journeys and we're combining that, you know, our ability to leverage technology with human touch to make that journey through our healthcare system more seamless. And I think, you know, we had spoken a little bit earlier about diverse teams and at Providence, we're really lucky to have diverse teams and talents. So internally, I get to work with user experience researchers and designers, engineers, and people from a product background. And they work with our clinical folks, clinical operational folks, to really help co-design um, how we best address these solutions to, to enable a seamless patient journey. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's just really uh, great that you're able to, to do that and think through the patient journey and work across uh, divisions and different backgrounds and bringing everybody together to, to really improve how patients are able to interact with the healthcare system. Are there any trends that you're seeing in terms of what patients are expecting from their healthcare journeys that are different or, or, or ways that you're looking to uh, make changes in the future? Absolutely. And I will say there are even uh, generational differences, although as our entire population ages, those differences um, are, are softened a little bit, but people want convenience. And a lot of people, they are used to using mobile technologies and using their phones, and um, it's just part of their normal daily life. And we have the ability to really leverage uh, mobile technology. So at Providence, we have an app, um, there's messaging, there's chatbots. So kind of really thinking about um, what are those tools that people are already using 
and how we can make sure that the healthcare experience um, understands that current experience and is able to build in our tools uh, very similar to how other industries have done so. That's really fascinating to hear, and, and I appreciate you sharing your expertise there. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, we've talked a lot about how healthcare is changing, and really with the technology and, and different trends and ability of healthcare providers to improve the way that they're delivering care and outcomes as well. What do you see as being the most important thing that healthcare executives should do now to make sure that their organizations are set up for success in the future? That's a great question. And I would say that we really need to ensure that we have a sustainable workforce and that we're building towards the workforce of tomorrow. And right now there's, there's a crisis around burnout in the healthcare workforce. And the issue is incredibly complex with systemic and external and internal factors. We have to rethink and redesign the way work is done. We have to leverage technology to augment our workforce. And we need to make sure technology does not lead to more burden on our workforce. Um, we need to also ensure that there's partnership and exchange between all the entities in the healthcare ecosystem. And that means from healthcare providers to payers, to policymakers, um, to you know, uh, tech companies. And the solution, it's not gonna come from one entity or one sector. It'll really need to involve partnership collaboration and input from all these different sectors. And as we think about building towards tomorrow, I, I think back to our Providence promise, which is know me, care for me, ease my way. And it's really stood the test of time. We often apply it in our approach to patients, but also to our own workforce and to our caregivers too. And for us to most effectively ease the way for our workforce so that they can ultimately deliver wonderful, high-quality care to patients. We do need those collaborative, sustained efforts. So I would say that that is just such an important thing for all healthcare effect, uh, executives to, to focus on now in their planning for the future. Absolutely. Dr. Huang, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun conversation. I appreciated all your expertise, um, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much, Laura. It was a pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for the invitation.